What up, what up, what up? Hey, everybody. I hope you're doing well. Hey, I just want to let you know, I know everybody can't always support and donate uh, to the podcast, but hey, if you can do a one-time donation, I put up a buy me a coffee uh, link in this description of the podcast. So if you go to the description of the podcast, it'll be at the bottom, and you can just uh, go to that link and you buy me a cup of coffee, or two if you want. And uh, that would just help support the show, and uh, I can... I can wake up a little bit more and bring you more info so thanks for listening to the podcast if you can donate that would be much appreciated and let's get on to the show another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO, legend, and paranormal lore. Welcome back. Welcome back. Happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing excellent and taking care of yourselves. Today, I'm going to talk about a brand new whistleblower. Uh, Very interesting, very compelling, very, very fascinating story um, about his time in the secret space program. Now, we're hearing all kinds of stories coming out about individuals being in the secret space program, but his is a little bit different. Well, it's a lot different, actually. Um, And at first glance, when I first checked out this episode on Gaia, I was like, eh, this guy looks like Michael J. Fox, you know, and I love Michael J. Fox, but he looks a little bit too small, and he's kind of really soft-spoken, and I'm like, how could this guy be, you know, in the secret space program, but when you start to hear what he has to say, you know, it makes it a lot more believable. He talks about how he went to, um, he went to college, uh, at Florida Institute of Technology under a four-year engineering scholarship. He was awarded a <clears throat> scholarship for the Air Force as well as for the U.S. Army. He decided to go with the U.S. Army engineering one. Uh, he just wanted to do engineering. And then he said he was commissioned the very same day he graduated with his bachelor's degree. At the end of his uh, graduation, he decided that he wanted to go on for a master's degree, but the, <laughs> the army said, nope, we're going to start your commission and active duty immediately. And uh, right away, they basically sent him to Mars. So it gets really, really cool, really, really fast. Um, <clears throat> so he states he shows up to this facility to meet his new company commander. And he says that he, there's an elevator when he gets there. He says there's two buttons up and down. That's all that was there. No, like, floor 13, no floor 12, no floor, you know, 2. No, just up and down. That That's really interesting to me. But when they get in there, a couple interesting, bizarre things start to happen. He, His commander places his hand on the scanner on the wall, and they start to go down. It's a five-minute elevator ride. And that's really interesting because if you've ever been to, like, Sears Tower or, like, the um, the large towers in uh, New York, you know, for a visit, you know, 
Empire State Building, you know it takes like 10 minutes to get up to the top of them things, man, even though you're going pretty fast. Um, sometimes you have to switch elevators. So Jason Rice states he felt a very peculiar feeling of vertigo, and they seemed to turn sideways for a little while, and then it was gone. <clears throat> so it was a very weird feeling. But he was told that uh, once he stepped into this facility, he knew he was being watched. All of his actions, decision-making, everything was being watched. Uh, and for training purposes, really. And so he states he gets to the, the end of the elevator ride, the first elevator ride, and this this uh, commander has his hand on his Beretta. And, you know, Jason's like, why does this guy have his hand on his Beretta? And apparently, he finds out later that he had to use his Beretta on another recruit on the way down that basically lost his mind. Apparently, when you're going in an elevator uh, to either another dimension or another planet, uh, you, you may go psychotic. You may lose your mind. So that's why his commander had his hand on the firearm. So Jason says that they, they, the elevator opens up to a platform. <clears throat> there's uh, individuals, on, or there's a, a weight on this platform. And he gets into another uh, vehicle. It's a little, it's like shaped like a pill, which is interesting. So this pill is in this tunnel system. So, you know, of course he follows command, goes into the, the officer's, uh, you know, command and goes right into this pill-like like entity or, uh, you know, design shape thing here. So once they get to the end of that ride, the uh, doors open straight up and he's surprised that the, uh, the capsule had even stopped. He didn't even know that they were even moving. But what he did notice was that on the ride in the pill, that there was a frequency change. The frequency change was the Schumann frequency change. So the Schumann frequency is the general frequency that resonates from the planet Earth. It's every planet has its own general resonance. Every item around you has its own general resonance, even people. And the Earth is no no different, nor is any other planetary entity. So he noticed that there was a Schumann frequency shift, and that was one of his big, big cues right off the bat, big red flags. So they continue to cruise along in this pill-designed uh, transportation system, and he gets a feeling like they're they're somewhat moving, but it just feels really weird. It's it's almost like they're not moving. But the trip, whatever they were doing, the trip lasted about thirty minutes. He says they passed through a portal when he felt that Schumann shift, that Schumann frequency shift. He said it took them to another location, and when he got, um, let's see. So he uh, he was focusing on the vertigo after that Schumann shift, you know, because you're going to get a you're definitely going to get a bit of vertigo when you go through a frequency shift when you leave the planet when you go to a different planet. So this is what he was experiencing, and he he had never felt any of these things before. So 
it was it was very different for him. Now keep in mind, I didn't mention this before. Jason Rice is like Corey Good. He was brought on because he is an intuitive empath. Now, like I said, I, I gave you that Michael. J when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A Fox scenario where that's it's kind of like the, the 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 feeling that I get when I watch Jason Rice. He almost has the same voice, same look, everything, um, but he's very quiet. He's not like kind of hyped up like Michael was back in the day. He's very very like low key, kind of monotone. Um, but he was brought on as an intuitive empath, so he could feel these these feelings and these these changes. So. <clears throat> He states that they, they finished up the capsule ride, and he, he says they pulled up into what turned out to be their next stopping point. He couldn't feel the capsule stopping at all. The only indication when they had arrived was the door started opening, and he said it scared the living bejesus out of them because he thought they were still moving, and the door was just going to get ripped off. Um, so they were monitoring his reactions all the way up. And so the captain was watching him, and he was trying to evaluate his capability for handling stressful situations, seeing if he was going to freak out. But he didn't. He didn't. Um, I mean, maybe internally he did, but the captain just kind of smirked. And they get off. And what's interesting was he stated that it opened up to uh, this humongous, humongous cavernous system. Inside this cavernous system was an amphitheater, football stadium-sized opening where it was an entire training facility. He said that it was the largest underground facility he had ever seen. He said they got onto an elevator. He said that when they got in this elevator... There was a couple elevators that were large enough to put a semi-truck in and some elevators that were large enough to just put a few people in. So he got into this elevator and he's with the captain and he states that he saw an alien in the elevator staring right at him. Large, dark eyes, small mouth, small nose. He doesn't say it's a gray. He said it's about four feet tall. And he turned and looked at the captain and he's like, He's like, there's something here in the elevator. And the captain's like, what? He doesn't see it. And he said, what? And the captain says, what is it? And Jason looks back at the elevator and it's gone. And, he, and at that point, he's like, well, I'm not going to say anything because these guys brought me up here. And I don't, he didn't know that he was going to be part of some secret space program. Uh, he thought he was just doing his, his part in the military, and they were going off to, like, some secret base. So he wasn't going to bring up aliens because, you know, that would get him, you know, probably kicked out of the army, right? Or, you know, they might think he's crazy or whatever, so he didn't do that. Um, 
So moving forward, they get out of the elevator again, and they see that this thing, that this place is just humongous. It's a giant coliseum. And it, and a Colonel Schuler is named. And he tells them, he tells Jason that you guys are going to be the tip of the spear. You guys are going to be, be the, our, our most valuable assets. And, uh, we need, we need you. We, we thank you for your service. We thank you for choosing to do this. Now, Jason laughed, uh, under hypnosis when he was actually giving us this information. Um, he laughed because he realized that there, these guys were going to be in this program no matter what. It wasn't really even a choice. It was a, hey, you're going to do this, and that's kind of it feeling. But they, what the colonels and, and captain said was different. You know, they thanked them for their, their service. But the intuitive empaths can feel what's going to happen. You know, feel the, the emotions, feel what's, gonna, what's coming off of these individuals and possibly what's coming up ahead. So, um, he wanted to go under hypnosis to find out more information because what they do is they bury these memories, right? They bury these memories and they use a certain device to do that, which is really interesting. Okay. So he actually talks about the device that they use to wipe their memories. So before they take them out, out into this training facility, they ask them, they say, Hey, are you... Are you, are you good with this? Are you ready to move forward? And they're in this like little like conference room and on the desk, he sees that there's this, this device. It's a mind erasing device, but it doesn't look like the men in black device. It looks like a hammer, a metal hammer, except at the back end where the hooks would be the two, the two hooks to pull out your nail. There's like a spike. And this device would mind erase anyone who didn't want to move forward, Jason states. And then it they would bring you back to, to Earth and you wouldn't know what happened to you and who knows how your life would be after that. I mean, that's really the interesting thing. Um, so he said, no, I'm, I'm ready to move forward, goes, goes forward with it. Um, and they go into this like NFL stadium sized uh, area. And he sees all kinds of things. Well, first off, he sees that it's built into the in, into the inside of wherever they're at, and he know eventually comes to find out that it's Mars. But he but while they're in there, he realizes that there's no light source, but the entire stadium is filled with light. Just can't see where it's coming from. So he moves forward, and he notices that there's, um, like on, on indoor tracks, there's this very foamy absorption material on certain tracks when you go to work out. Sometimes it's ground up tires. In this case, it was, um, it was, uh, audio dampening, um, foam. And that was the reason for it. Um, what he also noticed in this humongous area was that there was what looked like a sand volleyball pit kind of funnily enough, but then he noticed that there were all, a whole network above the stadium that was created by ropes and catwalks and, uh, rail systems. And some were, were missing rails. 
and uh, there were carabiners up on these rails, and he was like really confused. He's like, why would there be missing rails on a catwalk? Why would there be carabiners on a catwalk? And he's like, he just couldn't figure it out. And then Jason figured out that, oh, this is training for military. Those bars aren't supposed to be there. Guess what? It's because they're going to be jumping off. And not jumping off for just training, doing like, you know, uh, vertical drops. But they were being trained for neurally operated, gravity pack driven uh, hang gliders. Neurally driven gravity uh gravity pack operated um hang gliders okay so so first of all he states you have to be able to uh tell this thing which direction you want to move in so you have to be able to interface with it you have to understand how to interface and how to give it direction so they were initially trained on that trained on how to direct this this hang gliding device it also had thrust so it did have thrust he stated but the maximum amount of thrust that this thing could develop was about 45 minutes of full-on straight-on power so the majority of the time spent in the air would be colliding with a little bit of thrust as needed for direction or for elevation otherwise you'd be colliding so it's fascinating to me because, you know, we've heard about super suits before. We, you know, the ones that can, you know, handle you jumping off of a huge cliff and taking battle and taking damage and, and breaking your arm. And it can like set your arm inside of these super suits. But I haven't heard of these hang gliders. And this is like really super fascinating because it's almost kind of like the difference between, you know, an, ar an infantry individual wearing the Superman suit and an Air Force, you know, operative coming in from the sky, except, you know, maybe airborne, you know, so it could still could have still been army, but airborne army with with special, you know, equipment, um, these hang gliders and they were trained. So basically they were they'd start off on the catwalk and that's why those rails weren't always there because they needed space where they could jump off. And these were going to be small unit tactics. And they were being trained on how to avoid each other, how the glider devices could fly around, how they could use them while they were while they were firing weaponry. Um, really, really interesting. I don't know. I mean, he's he's the only one I've ever really heard of about it. But um, they have some some really interesting pictures here on the episode, um, and. What was really cool was he was trained with plasma weapons. So he stated that these things could burn hotter than the sun, which seems incredible to my mind. I can't even conceive of that, but that's that's what he stated. Uh, he also states that um, they were given these glass targets, okay? So they had these glass targets in front of them, and they were able to fire upon these glass targets. And the glass targets actually had aliens on them. So they had, like, these different alien pictures on them. Uh, you know, whether you want to, you know, imagine Bigfoot or you want to imagine a tall whatever, you know, tall gray or whatever. They had it on there. Um, and and they were when he first saw these target practice, uh, you know, 
whatever you want to call them, technology, he, he was like, wow, that's really cool. There's some burn marks in there. There were burn marks from the plasma weapons he was about to be trained on. Could you imagine using a plasma weapon and, like, just even being around other people? I mean, it's dangerous enough doing regular, regular bullet-fired weapons, projectile-fired weapons. You mess up with a plasma weapon, you're, you're, there's no coming back from that, man. You you know, you can get shot and be okay. You can get shot a couple times and still live. But you get hit with a plasma weapon, if it burns as hot as the sun... Uh, I mean, even if you get hit with that minorly, you get hit with that like in the leg. If the thing's burning as hot as the sun, you ain't going to make it. Your body's going to shut down, man. So, really interesting. Um, I know I'm going long on this podcast, so I think I'm going to wrap it up here and do a part two. Uh, it's really fascinating and I don't want, uh, if you guys got stuff to do, I don't want to keep you from it. Um, I would ask you guys though, this is a bit, a, a huge, just something simple you guys can do, but it would really help my podcast grow. And that's what I need to do right now. Um, so if you can click follow on the podcast application you're using, just follow and then you click the notification bell as well. If your podcast app has that, um, you don't have to donate, but that is that could be your donation. That would be fantastic. That'll really help me grow and really help me develop, and I really want to uh, make this an even better podcast, um, bring, bring you better info. So uh, that's what I'll ask right now. If you can go do that, that would be fantastic. I will let you go, and I will bring you part two of Jason Rice, Whistleblower, coming right up. Keep yourselves solid physically spiritually emotionally follow through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams and as always continue to question the universe around you go click the follow button and the notification button lockdown universe out